Welcome back, amazing entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs, to another episode of Business Straight Up, the podcast for creatives and photographers to design a business and life they love. Today's episode is an interview with an amazing copywriter, Nikki Krasik, and we are going to dive into copy. What the heck is copy and why the messaging is so important so that you can craft a message that not only attracts your ideal clients, but has them lining up to book you like those silly memes on Facebook. Take all my money. (laughs) She also includes what I think is one of the best content ideas for wedding photographers and other photographers and how to talk about it, how to spin it in your copy, in your website, in your emails. So just a little nugget there. Listen for more. Today's review of the week is from Jay Pasick, and she says, Brooke is a great and knowledgeable host with a great laugh. That makes me a little (laughs) self-conscious. Um, sorry, continuing. Natalie was very insightful and had a lot of great ideas. I have recently read a book about affirmations, but I loved the way that Natalie turned fears into affirmations. I really appreciate all the knowledge that these ladies shared. I've already listened to this twice because there were so many great ideas. Thank you both. Thank you so much for your kind words. The reviews are always so much fun to read. For anyone wondering, she is referring to episode 2002 with Natalie Keita. So after today's episode, be sure to check out that one as well. All of the show notes for this and every episode can be found at www.businessstraightuppodcast.com. Yes, I know it's long, but it's so worth it. I promise. (laughs) If you are loving this content and business help, please go to iTunes and leave a review. I know it takes some time, takes a couple minutes out of your day, but it means so much to us and will help us narrow down this huge list of ideas that we have when we know what you need help with. So without further ado, let's talk with Nikki about copy and messaging and marketing. Oh my. (laughs) Hey, hey there, awesome people. I am Brooke Summer and you are listening to Business Straight Up, the podcast for creative entrepreneurs to learn, connect, grow, and build the business and life that they dream of. Welcome. Let's get going and dive right in. Welcome, entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs. I am so excited for today's interview and guest, the beautiful Nikki Krasik. She has some amazing insight to share when it comes to copy and writing and what the heck is that. And we just have so much to go over. You should see my list of questions. I'm so excited. This is something that tends to stomp so many of my students We are so focused on so many things that when we sit down to write, we're like, what the heck do I say now? So Nikki's going to walk us through that, which is amazing. Welcome, Nikki. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Let's kind of give a little bit of a background about you. So tell me a little bit about your story, how you got to where you're at, and why you love teaching copy for business owners. Yes. Um, so my background is I've been a copywriter for like, you know, 15 plus years, which <laughs> sounds like a lot when you start to add it up. Um, right. I guess it kind of is. Um, and like a billion years ago when I was in high school, um, my father was in marketing and he would bring home extra work. And so I learned copywriting that way. And, you know, none of us start out in our exact path. So I went to school for PR and didn't stick with PR and then managed a health club for a while. And wow. yeah, all kinds of, you know, circuitous stuff. And um, I remember leaving the health club and going, what I'm going to do with my life. And uh, my mom actually got me a book that was something like six figure writing secrets or something like that. And it was, it was actually bless my mother, but it was a very silly book. It was like, you need to get a fax machine to grow your business. <laughs> Deeply unhelpful. Um, 
but it reminded me that copywriting was a thing and a thing. And I kind of um, jumped back into it from there and then started building my business. And then, um, you know, I've worked with um, a lot of really cool companies, you know, I've written for Hasbro and Adidas and TripAdvisor and TJ Maxx and Keurig and just a lot of big companies. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, Harlequin romance novels. If yes. You- Yes, if you have ever read the back cover copy to uh, The Firefighter's Secret Baby or Quarterback Daddy, then you've read my work. <laughs> Just for copy, but still. That's funny. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I've been working with these big businesses for quite a while. And then um, about seven or eight years ago, I actually started a company teaching people how to become professional copywriters and kind of became a solopreneur in that way. And then also got into, um, you know, just groups with other solopreneurs. And, and I was kind of, um, I wouldn't say surprised, but it was kind of a eye opening for me to see how much they didn't know about messaging. Mm-hmm. And as you and I know, messaging is so incredibly crucial to your business. Yes. Um, so it really kind of felt like a calling to move, um, maybe not, move all the way over, but to, to focus at least a portion of my business on working with solopreneurs, both, um, writing for them. And then also I'm in the process of, of building a a course for kind of my more DIY solopreneurs. Yes. That's amazing. I have a weird question. Yeah. Do you have to read the romance novel to get the back? (laughs) Great question. Right. Um, send me a synopsis every once in a blue moon, they would send me the whole thing. Um, and really I would do what I assume people who read romance novels would do anyway. I would just like flip to the dirty parts. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I've got a good idea for what's happening in here. And then let's flip to the dirty parts. And then <laughs> That's um, amazing. I love that. <laughs> it, was, it was like, it was, it did not pay a lot, but it was just such a riot to do the work that I did it for a good couple years. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. I <laughs> yeah. never thought about, you know how you discover all these quote jobs that yeah. you never even knew existed. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, somebody does that. Yes. And right. I was one of them. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. So, funny. Mm-hmm. so I know that some of my listeners will know, but I feel like this word is thrown around and for a while I didn't know what it was. So for anyone that is listening, that is unfamiliar with the word, what exactly is copy and why is it so important? Yes. Um, so yeah, a lot of people are very confused by it. And then there's also copywriting as in writing of copy. And then there's copywriting, which is like putting a copyright on a book or something like that. It's something totally different, legal. I don't know it at all. Um, but copywriting is the writing of copy. And copy is words that are designed to sell or persuade. So they might literally be trying to get someone to buy a service or, um, um, you know, purchase product. They might be trying to persuade you to sign up for an email list. Um, They might be trying to persuade you to sign up for a webinar. They might be, the copy would even be the, the writing in a webinar if the, if you have an end goal at the end of that webinar, you know, if you want them to, to, buy something. Um, I mean, and it's even the, the broad definition of persuasion is even just trying to get people to think a certain way about you, you know, or a, a company tries to, to, tries to get you to think a certain way about something. So that copy is designed to persuade or to sell, um, which is different from content. And maybe this is a little bit more information that you need, but I always think it's helpful mm-hmm. content, like your blog posts, um, your videos that don't have like an end goal, something like that. Um, they're designed, well, I guess they kind of always do, but they're designed to uh, educate, uh, to inspire or to entertain. So that's what content is. And copy is the stuff that is really designed to, to sell and, and to persuade. Yes. Yeah. And that stuff is so important. I know that every time I see a commercial that's really well done. And I'm like, that is just amazing. Like Subaru has one right now that makes me cry all the time. And I don't, I don't drive a Subaru, but it's just so well done. Yeah. 
that I am amazed by the the amount of copy and the amount of psychology that goes into all of this. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's a complicated uh, it's it's a complicated I don't want to say industry, but it's complicated craft. There's yes. a lot of a lot of art to it and a lot of science, and they kind of meet up in the middle. And when they meet up well, it's it's amazing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well. I work with a lot of photographers and mm-hmm. as photographers, we tend to rely primarily on imagery for our websites mm-hmm. to attract and book our ideal clients because we always want to think that someone books us just for our pictures. And like, logically, we know that's not true, but that's what we like to think. Yeah. And I also teach SEO and can give a ton of reasons why that is not a good idea for SEO, <laughs> <laughs> but I would love to hear your take on it. Why is it a problem to rely primarily on imagery instead of words and copy to reach the people we want to work with? So please don't get me wrong. Imagery, um, great design is very important. It's very important. Um, you know, people look to a website, whether it's a photographer's website or whether it's it's any entrepreneur's website, any business's website, and they, they look at it to see if it seems professional, to see if it seems reliable. You know, if you get there and the the pictures are terrible, you're going to immediately leave. Or if you get to the website and it just, the design is weird, or it seems like it's a, you know, it's got that kind of 1990s vibe to it. They're probably going to leave. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So design and imagery are very important, but the messaging is how, so design and imagery is how people decide if you seem professional. And maybe they're potentially interested in working with you. But the messaging is how they decide whether or not they are interested in hearing more from you, whether or not they trust you, whether or not they're eventually going to make a purchase. You could, you know, you could have a website that was just copy, like literally just white page and copy. And if it's good copy, you can make a sale. But if you have a website that is or a web page that's just images or just design, you, you can't <laughs> you can't make a sale. You can't make a sale without, you know, explaining to people what you're offering, explaining to them why it matters to them and, and asking them to take that action. So messaging is really crucial. And I think that one of the big mistakes that a lot of especially newer solopreneurs and entrepreneurs make is that they leave it for less. Yes. Or yeah, or it kind of intimidates them, so they kind of like push it, push it, put it on the back burner, and they go, oh, "I'll deal with that later." And um, it's really one of one of the most important things, and probably one of the first things that needs to be dealt with. Absolutely, I know that it is something that is so crucial for me. My about page is one of my number one converting pages, yeah. and it's just a picture of me. It's not pictures I take. It's not anything fancy, but mm-hmm. it's the words that matter so much. Yeah. Cause once people look at your photos and they go, Oh my God, right. She's really talented, but what's it like to work with her? They go to your about page and what they yes. need to get from your about page is, um, what is your general personality? What it would feel like to work with you. And on top of that, what makes you different from all of the other photographers out there? You know, there are, we're, we're service professionals. So there are a ton of people who are offering more or less what we do in a different way and a different this and that kind of thing. But we all have a ton of competition. And part of what all of our about pages need to do is explain what makes us different. You know, that USP, right? The unique selling proposition. What is yes. What, what sets us apart? What do we bring to the table that nobody else does? And then also on top of that for solopreneurs, for the more even, I guess, entrepreneurs, tiny, tiny little companies, um, it needs to really convey your brand voice um, and or personality if they're slightly different. Yes. So there's a lot to pack in. There yeah. is. Yeah. My husband is insanely conservative, which is funny given my specialty of photography. Um, but I drop F-bombs and I talk in a way that he 
blushes. And so that's on my website. Not every other word, but you know, every once in a while, there's a bad word. And he always tells me, you can't say that in your business. Yes, I can. Because when someone meets me and works with me, mm-hmm. they're going to see it anyway. So I may as well just put it out there. <laughs> And you know, the thing is part of another thing that copy does is it automatically helps your perfect, your perfect target audience, your perfect customer self-select. So, you know, you're going to have a broad range of people that come to your website and some of them are going to be more conservative and some of them are going to be the same way, dropping F-bombs, you know, wild and crazy, probably much more even so than you are. Um, And by going to your site and getting a feel for who you are and reading your messaging and understanding that the people who are, you know, very conservative and that's not your style, their style, they're going to read your page and they're going to go, no, you know what? That's, that's not really for me, but that's good. That's what you want to have happen. Cause what yes. happens is that your perfect, your perfect audience reads your messaging and goes, oh my gosh, yes, she is for me. Yes, I do connect with that let me get in touch with her or, you know, let me sign up and find out more about her. So good copy also really helps you. Cause let's say this, you didn't self-select, right. Or they didn't self-select. Let's say you have, you, you kept your copy very kind of, um, very bland or not, or, or just non-specific, right. And so you get a whole bunch of people on your email list. Well, then you get a whole bunch of people and, you know, I guess, yes, email's inexpensive, but you're still paying a couple of pennies for every subscriber. And half of your, you've got a thousand, two thousand, ten thousand person list and half of your subscribers are never going to work with you because your style is just so different from them. Um, then you're wasting time, you're wasting money and you're wasting your, your efforts trying to get these people to work with you later on down the line when they should have never been on your list to begin with because they're not right for you. They're right for some other fantastic photographer and and great. (laughs) They'll find that fantastic photographer. But when you are really specific and really um, strategic with your copy, then you end up with the exact right people on your email list. And then the more they interact with you, the more they get excited about you and about working with you and what you have to offer. Yes, that is so true. I know when we were hiring, we were looking to hire our wedding photographer. We had it down to three. They all had amazing work. I knew them personally. I just adored them as people. Mm -hmm. One of them I knew did not swear and was not okay with swearing. And so it just didn't work out. It's not that his work wasn't amazing. It's Mm -hmm. not that he's not a great guy, but I knew that he would be highly offended if someone like said something like that. And so in the end, we did not choose him. Mm -hmm. And I know that he's okay with that. And I'm okay with it. And it worked out to be better for everyone. Absolutely. Well, and you know, it's this, um, obviously, as you know, it it extends far beyond swearing too. just even, Mm -hmm. you know, personality style, some people are going to work with people who are, you know, bubbly and bright and friendly. And some people are going to be looking for someone who is, um, much more straightforward and, um, and, um, I don't want to say stable, but <laughs> we're all very stable, <laughs> but like just straightforward and kind of, um, um, just less brash and less, less big personality. You know what I mean? They're, they're going to be that they put a lot more trust in that, um, in someone who's, who's just more, um, more kind of stayed and whether that's when they're looking for a photographer or a copywriter or, you know, business coach, a health coach, um, you know, no matter what elements of your personality you put out there, you're going to help, help your audience self-select and find you and connect with you better. Well, and people hire people, not businesses. Yeah. So it's, and we've used the example of swearing, but you're right. It extends well beyond that. If you have someone that maybe doesn't have kids, maybe they would relate to someone that doesn't have kids, whereas moms might relate to each other or dads might relate to each other. You know, there are things that we see in the businesses that we hire that make us want to say me too. Yeah that we can relate to. And swearing is just one of many examples where that is the case. Well, and when people, when people say me too, or when they get to a website and they go, Oh, I really like her or, Oh, I really like him. There's people buy it. 
you know, people say it again and again and again, but it's really true. People buy from people they like. Now, it's not just people they like, but that's kind of the beginning of the process. When they get to a website or, you know, they check out your Facebook page or you check out their Instagram, they, they look a little bit and they go, oh, you know, I kind of like her. Then they go to your website and they sign up to hear more. And then throughout the course of a series of emails, they, they like you more and more. They trust you more and more. They, you know, if you're, you're putting good, good copy in your emails, um, then they learn to, um, they, they understand your expertise more and more. They understand how you help them more and more. It's, it's really, um, building a, a relationship. And the only way that you can build a real relationship, and by the way, the kind of relationship that, that converts to a lot of sales is by being really conscious about the, the copy that you're putting out there, not just in terms of the actual messaging itself, like what am I saying, but how I'm saying it, when I'm saying it, um, what else am I saying? You know, you can't just send out a series of emails that are like, oh my gosh, it was, it's so hot in Boston today. I can't believe I had to flip on the air conditioning. You know, <laughs> that's fine. And that's, you know, that, that's, I guess, part of how a relationship is built. But if you send out a bunch of emails like that, people are going to unsubscribe because they're not getting anything out of it, you know? Yes, no. absolutely. <laughs> so you, you brought up uh, the somewhat dirty word of sales. Mm -hmm. Yes. So many people shy away from that. They think that it's a bad thing, but talk to me a little bit about why selling isn't really even required when you're able to authentically connect with your ideal audience. So what I tell people is that if you are selling, if you're capital S selling, you're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is the like, Hey, buy now, purchase now, only 10 minutes left, this kind of thing. Um, and not that you can't have urgency. We'll get into that in a second. But like the, the force, 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 the, the used car salesman, all that kind of stuff, those, those stereotypes that make us go, oh, oh, I don't think I want to sell. Oh, that's scary for me. Oh, it's not authentic. Oh, it's not. And no, pushing people to sell is not authentic. And frankly, by the way, pushing people to sell doesn't work. It just doesn't. You know, you'll always get probably some people, but you get somebody to buy anything. You just won't get a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But the way to really make sales is to connect people who have a need with the exact right person for that need. And the way you connect them is by building that authentic relationship, by um, getting to them to your website in a I think one of the the easiest and most efficient ways to do it is by creating um, what I call a customer love sequence, where you get people to sign up for your email list, and then through a series of really um, targeted strategic emails, but also still infused with your personality, um, but also infused with educational elements. So people love these emails and they get excited about these emails. Um, you know, you you end up essentially nurturing that relationship so that by the end of the email funnel, they like you, they trust you, they know you're an expert, they know you're the one they want to work with. So that for you, by the end of this email funnel, it's not so much buy, 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 you have to buy now, you've only got 10 minutes left, so much as, you know, making a suggestion, making a, uh, making a suggestion to purchase. Um, and even even more like, like fielding requests to purchase, you know, you know, I have clients who will write back, oh my God, I'm surprised so many emails from people like before the sequence is finished saying, I love this. I'm so excited. When can I buy it? And that's what you want. You know, that's the fielding requests from a legion of excited fans. That's the goal. The excited fans, excited friends, you know, yes. and that's how the process should be. And that's how, that's not only, that's not only how you want it to be. But it's how your your target audience wants it to be too. They don't want to be sold at. They don't want to be. They don't want to be pushed. They want to be nurtured. They want to learn. They want to like you, and then they want to understand how what you have to offer is the perfect solution for them. It's like this beautiful happy marriage by the end of it. You know. Yes. Mm -hmm. I love that you, you talked about the educational aspect, and I feel like so many 
small businesses, especially service-based businesses, don't offer that. And I work with my students a lot about serving their audience. What can you do to add value to someone's day? Mm -hmm. And to add that into an email or your copy on your website, that is so important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it can be really hard to know what to say to really connect with those dream clients. So how do we get to the heart of what they want and need so that we can send them that information that makes them go, yes, take my money. I don't care what day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You're exactly right. Because if you're sending them things that, that aren't providing value, that aren't benefiting them in any way, they're going, they're either just going to stop reading your emails or they're going to unsubscribe and all that effort you put to get that person on your list is not, will be all for naught. So you have to be, in each email you send them, you have to be providing them value in some way. And generally, the the easiest way to do that is to provide them um, some kind of education. Um, It could just be a little tip. It could be um, a full mini training, but it has to be something that they go, oh, wow, this is great. Where even if they open up, they skim through the email, they go, oh, I have to save that to, to check it later. You want to be in, your in, in their inbox and you want to stay in their inbox. Um, and it is, it's really tricky for people to go, well, how much, how much do I give away? I don't want to give away everything I have. Um, and no, you want, <laughs> you want them to hire you for something down the line. You don't want to give away everything you have. Um, so it's, it's definitely walking a fine line and it really does differ from business to business, but say for a, a, you know, photography session, let's say you, and you, they're on your list. So, you know, they're interested in photography. You could send them tips about how to prep for a session, not even just a session with you, just how to prep for a session in general. Cause at this point mm-hmm. in the, the email relationship, you're not even, there's no expectation of they're going to work with you. It's a, Hey, you know what? We're just getting to know each other. Sounds like you want to do this. Here's what you should know. Here's how to prep for a session or, you know, and, and here's an even broader range too. like, Oh, here, here are, I'm listing things, these things out and thinking, Oh, I'd really like to know this. Um, (laughs) You know, here are, here are ways you should dress for a session, whether it's an actual photography session or whether you're taking selfies, you know, like, like you don't want to wear this kind of pattern or you don't want to wear this color or this, or this, you know, if you're taking a selfie for Instagram, this kind of background works. And even if it's not directly, you know, if you're a photographer, if you take pictures of people, even if you, maybe you do, um, you know, corporate photos or boudoir photos or wedding photos for that matter. But if you can show them that you are an expert, you know, if you say, um, I take, I take boudoir photos, but if you're at home and you're taking photos for Instagram and you want to look really good, here are tips that you need to know. You know, you need to be lit this way. Try a brick wall backdrop, that kind of thing. It just it establishes your broader expertise anyway. So they're learning from you, which is a value. But anytime that you teach them something they didn't know, they go, oh, she knows what she's doing. So I'm going to keep watching for her emails. I'm going to keep reading for her emails and I'm going to keep being engaged. And every time that comes, every time that happens, they go, oh, she really knows what she's talking about. Oh yeah. She's an expert. She's an expert. And that's what you want them to be thinking and to be feeling, to value you, to value what you give them. And then also to value you as a professional. Yes. So many entrepreneurs are afraid to share that information. They think that it devalues what they do. And it's really the opposite. It positions you as the expert. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, there's no way that any of us could give away everything that we know. You know, we, we all have years and years of, of experience and training. And, and heck, even if you just have like a couple months of experience and training, if you can do it professionally and hire and, and people hire you to do it, you know, way more than you could possibly give away in, you know, seven email series or a two minute video on, on YouTube, something like that. And plus yeah. all this just gets people more excited to hear more about what you have to say. And, and it, when you give them a hint of what, you know, nobody thinks, Oh, that's all she knows. Everyone understands that that's just a hint of what, you know, a hint of the whole picture, you know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. One thing that I have found as well is to share 
your why as well as the how, because I can tell you how to take a good selfie, but if I tell you why you should take that good selfie, because it'll make you feel amazing, my clients really, really relate to that and they want to hear that information. Yeah, that's really smart. That's really smart. It's, it's one of the things that I talk about with, um, with the people that I teach to become copywriters. And then one of the thing that one of the things that I go through with, um, with my clients is you need to be focused on the benefit, not just what are they going to get out of this, but why does it benefit them? What am I going to get out of that? And if it isn't immediately evident, why do I want to get that? Out of it? Yes. So it's, it's exactly what you're saying there. It's, it's really focusing on, and that's another thing too, is to really focus on the person who's receiving the email or the person who's coming to your website or the person who's consuming whatever you're putting out there. Cause it's really easy, especially when you're a one person company, you know, to be sitting at your kitchen table uh, or maybe we've been in an office, good for you. Um, and to, to get, turned inward and to think, all right, what do I have to say? And what do I have to, what do I have to do to get them to the next step? And to forget that you're, you're writing to, you're communicating with someone else and that what you want comes second to what they want. If you want to keep these people engaged and if you want to create a real relationship with them, and if you want to get to the point where they eventually are just dying to purchase from you, you need to stay focused on what they want, what they want to get out of this and what they need. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I want to kind of uh, skip back for just a sec because I loved what you said about the why behind the end result, because I I mean, duh, we know what the end result is. So if I want to hire, I don't know, let's say a painter to come in and paint my office, a service-based person. Yeah. And I know that the end result is a my office will be painted, right? Duh. (laughs) (laughs) But what's the value behind that? Mm -hmm. Why does that matter? Yeah. Why does an attention to detail in that painting matter? Because it's not going to drive me nuts when I'm sitting in my office thinking, wow, I need to fix that. You have to think of all of those little whys behind the end result because (laughs) the end result is a duh. I mean, that's a given. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, what it's going to mean to that person, you know, it's, and you won't necessarily be able to use all of the, these kind of deeper benefits in your copy, but you know, when you paint an office, you feel like more, more of a professional when you go into, you know, when you have like old wallpaper coming off the walls from the (laughs) the last people who owned your house. But when you go in and you have your new freshly painted office, you feel like the kind of professional that you, that you are aspiring to be, or maybe that you already are, but you don't treat yourself like it's, it's, you know, taking, taking, um, respecting yourself as a professional and and really believing in yourself. It just, you're you have your, your benefits and then you can get deeper and deeper and deeper. And in some scenarios, you know, depending kind of on the, the service, but you can get benefits that are like, Oh my God, that's it. That's like hits me in the heart. I need this, you know? Yes. <laughs> yes. That was such a weird example. I don't know why I used that example. <laughs> but that's the thing is that there are, there are professional photographers that need to be thinking about this, but there are people who paint offices that need to be thinking about this. There aren't anyone is there is there isn't anyone in any type of business that shouldn't be thinking about these things and trying to incorporate it into they're messaging at all different touch points. There's nobody, <laughs> nobody that's exempt from this. Yes. And to know mm-hmm. that what you do is not necessarily just about that end result, that it's about the yeah. values behind it and the why behind it. That is so important to think yeah. about. And the why behind it for them and also the why behind it for you. I mean, this gets a little bit back into the, the about us page or about me page, but but your big why, why do you do this? You know, why, why did you get into this business? And, and all of that kind of stuff just helps, helps create that, that connection. So the why for them and the why for you and conveying all of it. Absolutely. I, I love that. I think that's so important. Something we miss so often. Yeah. So 
What kinds of advice do you hear from some of the online marketing gurus uh, that's completely wrong? And you're like, why would you even say that? <laughs> Don't tell people that. Yeah. Um, one of my, I was going to say favorites, but favorites is not the right word. One of the ones that makes me crazy is these companies, and there's some big ones that are like, oh, you know, sign up and download our, our email templates or download our templates for this or download, you know, here's a seven email funnel to get people to do X, Y, Z. And, um, and I know why they do, they do it because people sign up for them and then they have their email address because people are like, Oh, a template. Yeah. Then I won't have to write it or I won't have to hire someone to write it. I'll just put in the template and it'll work. Um, and it, just doesn't it doesn't um you know because number one you're missing out on all of your personality if you're using someone else's template where are your messages where are the things that you want to say and and um not just your personality but literally your messages what are you trying to say to these people you can't just it's i hate the term email funnel because it has this idea of the big it, it, reminds me of that big ass selling of literally taking a bunch of people and just packing them into a funnel, you know, whether they want to be there or not pushing them on through. Um, and when you have a template like that, you miss out on all of the important things that happen when you build a, an email sequence, all of the strategy and all of your unique messaging and all of the value that you would have put in there. Um, and yes, you'll probably get a couple people to buy, but like I was saying, you could send out an email saying, click here and someone would buy, you know? Um, yes. and then plus two, and I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I'm on a lot of email lists and I'll get an email and, you know, I'll open it up and read it through and go, oh, okay, you know, interesting. I'm not interested in that. And then, you know, a day or two later, I'll open it up from someone else, read the email and go, what is this? Why is this Wait, is this the same? No, it's a different person. It's the same people, but they bought from this big company and they, oh my gosh. So they just plugged yes. in. Yeah. And I've seen that with sales pages too. There's somebody, I don't know who's selling it, but there's somebody selling some system about like sell them a $5.99 ebook and then upsell them into this. And the sales page, if you haven't seen it yet, I'm sure you will. The sales page looks exactly the same. It's almost, the copy is almost exactly the same. And it's all pushing them down that same funnel. And when you do that kind of thing, you, you, you miss out on all the keys that make you, you and your business, your business. And, and basically miss out everything else we've been talking about in this conversation, literally yes. everything else, you know? Yes. Yeah. I tell people this all the time. There are a few services that market blog templates for blog posts to photographers. Yeah. And I like get on my soapbox, I don't know, once every few months or so. And I'm like, do not buy, I'm all for templates. Yeah. Like, don't recreate the wheel if you don't have to. But when it comes to what you're saying to your audience, mm -hmm. it needs to be authentically you. You yeah. cannot repeat this stuff over and over again because yeah. Not only are you trying to stand out from a crowd to begin with, you've just put yourself back in the crowd. Yeah. And there are plenty of other ways to save yourself time. I mean, if you, if when you take the time and you create a really good, uh, a really, you know, a customer love sequence, a, a, a design to really get people from, oh, I kind of know her to, oh my God, I love her. I can't wait to buy from her. When you take the yes. time to create that, you put it into your email system, you set it on, and then it runs as long as you want it to while you sleep. And when it's really good, your conversion rates are high. And that's where you need to be looking to save time, you know, looking to automate your really good stuff, create really good stuff, and then figure out ways to automate it. Email is amazing. <laughs> and the fact that you have so many autoresponders and so many different like pathways, fabulous. There's so many options. Mm -hmm. I agree completely. I feel like templates just, I'm all for templates. I use them. I work with them, but you cannot replace the words and the messaging that you need to get out there. It's just not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to do that, you might as well just replace yourself in your business. There's no right. point you being in charge of that, but you just become an affiliate for whatever it is they're selling. Cause that's essentially what you're doing. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, how can you tell the difference between great messaging and so-so messaging? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so 
The first thing I think is, you know, we've been talking a lot about benefit and it's, I think probably people get sick of me hammering in, uh, or hammering on it so much, but it is so, <laughs> and there's so many times that you get to uh, a website or you get, to, you get an email and it's, it's missing. You know, there are, there are new startups, like really big, well-funded startups. You get to their webpage and you go, I don't understand what you do. Or I understand what you do, but why do I care? What would that do for me? You know, and people sending out emails saying, um, hey, come and join us in our new Facebook group. It's going to be great. Yay, super fun. We already have 25,000 people in there. Awesome. Okay, why? Why would I do that? You know, like, I'm glad that you're excited about it, but why should I be excited about it? So yes. messaging that's missing, and it's, when you're writing it yourself or when you're, you're focused on your own stuff, it, it's really hard. It's easy. I should say it's really easy to miss that, to be like, Oh my gosh, it sounds really good. And I have this kind of clever line here. And Oh, I say this, which sounds like my personality. And you wonder why you send out this email and there's no, you know, your conversion rate is 0.0001. Oftentimes more than, more than not, it's because you're missing the reason you're asking them to do something, but you're missing the reason that they should do it and what they're going to get out of it. Not just your reason, but their reason for doing it. Uh, yeah. Um, and I think too, there's that element of, of talking to yourself instead of talking to your customer. You know, (laughs) when you're, when you're sitting down and writing an email, you can be like, Oh yeah, this is really fun. I'm really enjoying it. But you're not talking to yourself and, and you can write it in that kind of conversational tone. Absolutely can, but you need to be talking to the person you're sending the email to, you know, those 1000, 10,000, 30,000 people you're sending the email to. Um, and you also need to be sure that you're giving them a next step to take there. There needs to be some call to action in every, every outreach moment, every email, every, um, every video, every webinar, anything you do, there needs to be some next step for them to take. Cause that's how relationships are built. You do something, they do something, you do something, they do something. And you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you email them, they email you back, but you email them and say, Hey, I also, you know, give them some medicine. Hey, I also have this blog post that goes deeper into it. You might find it more interesting. Click here. And they do. It's a give and take of actions. Um, so a call to action should just happen when you're trying to sell people on something, you need to get them used to taking action throughout the relationship. That call to action is so important. I actually wrote an article a while back that went into the science behind it and the psychology. And I feel like my eyes crossed a little bit in writing it, but it is so important. And we kind of blow that off in a lot of ways and emails and websites and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When well, people forget that, that you are building relationship and they think, Oh, I'm just sending out an email. because I want to tell them about this. Okay. Well, give them a way to interact with you. Give them a way to, you know, if they get your email and go, Oh, it's really interesting. Like, don't worry about that. Or even just like, Oh, I'd like to see, I forget. You know, it's been a while since I've gotten an email from her. What does she do again? Give them a way to find that out. Give them a way to interact more with you. Absolutely. One thing that I put into my emails a lot and people ask me why all the time, but hit reply and let me know blank Why? because then all they do is reply. And usually they just send me one sentence. It's Mm -hmm. not like it's a book to read, but it's so much fun. And then we're actually talking. And when you have a smaller audience and you're not at the 500,000 people in your list, you have the opportunity to do that. Yeah. And I mean, even I would say, even if you have a a 500,000 person list, you can still send that out. You know, people don't necessarily expect a, you know, people send emails and they may forget they've sent them. They, through their conscious mm-hmm. mind, forget and their subconscious has not forgotten that they've sent it. Um, if you can't get every single person, that's fine. But asking them to reply, taking them from that place of like a passive receiver to these emails to an active participant of actually sending you an email back and acknowledging that you are a human being at the other side of that computer is huge. Yeah, yes. completely agree. Yeah, that reply, what did you think about this? Or has this ever happened to you? Yeah, that's a big one. And so many people don't even know about it. And it's so easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, it's not, and the thing is too, is that 
not everybody does it. You know, I think some people are afraid to put in their emails because they're like, well, I have a thousand person list. If I send it out and all 1,000 people email back to you, they're not going to burst your bubble, but that's not going to happen. But those who who do will be extra engaged. And even those who don't hit the reply on the email, they still, it's still a reminder that there's a human being behind the computer. Like I never, I never hit the reply on the email. Never do. It's just, I don't know, my personality. I'm much more of a lurker. Um, even in Facebook groups, I'm like, oh, every once in a while I'll pipe in with some some advice, but I'm a lurker. Um, but every time you see that, the hit reply at the bottom of this email, it's a reminder that these aren't, I mean, they might be auto-generated in the sense that they're an autoresponder, but it's a reminder that a human sent these emails. A human put this all together. A human is the person behind this website, these services. And it's really important to remind people of that. And isn't that what we kind of need in our world in general? It's a little bit of humanity behind the keyboard. (laughs) Yes, exactly. To feel like you're not just getting emails from somewhere in space, you know, when, when you have a problem or when you have a frustration with whatever it is in your life, with whatever, whatever, you know, uh, um, for your business, there's, there is a woman sitting at home and, and maybe she wants to have boudoir photos taken for, you know, her husband's birthday, her spouse's or, or her partner's birthday. Um, but there is also probably a woman sitting at home who's going, you know, it's been so long since I felt really attractive and I just, you know, I didn't fit my jeans this morning. And I just like, I, I just, I look in the mirror who, needs what you have to offer. And when you can be a human and connect with her and go, Hey, I have this. And yeah, maybe it's a little bit scary. It's a little bit scary for a lot of my clients when they first try it. And they, I think I was listening to one of your podcasts and you said, I think you said you send an email the night before saying, don't be afraid and don't cancel. Because you just imagine people are going, Oh, this seemed like a really good idea until the night before. Yes. But, um, but yeah, when you, when you really take the time to connect and to think about the benefit and to think about the deep benefit, there are people that you are sending your emails to or people who find your website or people who stumble across you who feel lighter, who feel connected, who think, oh, there's someone who, who gets me. This might be the solution to my problem. And you could very well be the perfect solution to their problem. You could offer them something that, that they'd never considered or that, 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 um, that just, that solves what they need. You, you, we can all, um, if we're selling something worthwhile, um, we can all be life changers. We can all help people in ways we can't even comprehend. The only way you can do that is by being authentic and by opening yourself up and offering yourself out there. You don't have to be, you know, completely transparent. Oh, last night I had this terrible fight with my husband again. (laughs) You don't have to go too deep. You don't have to give them everything you are. But um, by, by, by opening yourself up and, and being true and honest with who you are, what you offer and, um, when applicable, some of the things that you too have struggled with, and when I say you, I mean all of us, um, that's how you create these real connections. And that's how you, that's how someone opens up their inbox, sees a message from you and goes, oh, I'm so glad. I was so excited to see, I'm so excited to get another message from her. I can't wait to read it. And she opens it and goes, oh my God, I love this. I want to work with her. It's, it's yes. that authenticity is so overused, but it's really the and, you know, heart centered and heart connected. And, but it's, it's really what you have to be is you have to kind of open, open your chest and go, look here, I'm going to connect with you. And it seems like, it seems like when you think email, you think like, I don't know, wires and and technology and all that kind of thing, you know, wires, but technology and email and our websites and, and, you know, webinars even, they can absolutely be vehicles for creating that kind of authentic connection and the authentic connection that we want and that our would-be customers crave. Yes, absolutely. And I want to kind of go back to something too is 
so many people tell me, well, they're not ready for me just yet. And I, I have so many women that are not ready to take the plunge when it comes to boudoir photography. But the fact that I am reaching out to them and being authentic and connecting with them beforehand, I've had people that stalk me for three years (laughs) before they book with me. And I, I have known so many people that aren't even engaged, but they're looking at wedding photographers just Mm -hmm. because it's pretty. And they want a little bit of that in their world. Yeah. And then when they do get engaged, guess where they go? Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I wish it weren't this way, but people don't buy on our schedules. They don't buy when we want them to buy, you know, and we can encourage people. We can encourage the people who are meant to buy at that time by, you know, giving them deadlines, that kind of thing, depending on how your business is structured. And and that can be really useful. But there are people who are just not, they're not at the place in their life to purchase but they still want to know the stuff that you know, and they still want to follow you. And like you said, there are, I mean, I've done it and you probably have too. You're following people and all of a sudden you go, Oh, you know what? I think now is the time for me to take that course or now is the time for me to book that session or now is the time for me to do that. But if you don't, if you're not nurturing that relationship the whole time, if you know, if you send them two email, you send them a welcome email and a, Hey, 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 this is who I am. And a coupon. And then don't send them anything else. Um, they'll forget about you. You don't build that relationship. And I think that's a lot of something a lot of people forget too, is that you have to keep, have to keep going. That's hard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is. It absolutely is. That consistency is difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you have to be consistent because if, you know, if you don't send something at least every other week, even if it's a little something, even if if it's a, Hey, here's a blog post from my archives or whatever. Here's a, Mm -hmm. here's a photo shoot I took and here's why it went so well. There's a little tip for you. Um, people forget about you. I mean, how many emails do you get? And if you see a, you know, and Tate, no, okay. Not Ann Taylor. (laughs) Ann Taylor. You're like, wait a minute. I know that. Um, Ann Thomas, if you see Ann Thomas in your mailbox, if you sign up for it, two weeks ago, a month ago, you have no idea, no idea who that is. And you're probably not going to yes. open it and you'll eventually delete it. You have to be consistent. I love that. I'm going to actually, I feel like I keep going backwards. No, um, I, I can talk around. You just clearly, you, you just brought something <laughs> up though, that I think is an amazing idea mm-hmm. of repurposing your old blog posts yeah. and sharing why this shoot looks the way it does. Mm -hmm. So if you have just speaking to wedding photographers, if you have this amazing engagement session that you know is like one of your most favorite, it Mm -hmm. looks amazing. Why was it so good? Tell people that because then you're going to have people that not only want to work with you, but again, it's that self-selection of, Ooh, they hiked four miles. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And it's, it's, um, it's your own testimonial, but it's also educational. You know, it's a case yes. study, I guess is a better way of putting it. It's a case study, which gets them to go, Oh God, she's so good. Look at what she does. But it's also educational. This is how they got that result. And Hey, if this is a picture you like, you know, save this email. And so you can bring it as samples when you're talking with your own wedding photographer, which could be me, you know, <laughs> um, Yes. I was, um, somebody, there was somebody else who did a podcast the other day. Who was it? Um, oh, it was Amy Porterfield and she did her, you know, her, it was a half hour session. She, it was her million dollar student spotlight. And I absolutely listened to it and it was very good. And she taught, and, you know, her student talked about how she built her business, which was very educational. But the whole thing was this woman's making a million dollars because she's working with Amy Porterfield. You know what I mean? Cause she took some <laughs> yes. of Amy's, Amy's uh, courses and you go, all right, this is, this is an excellent strategy. And it's that same kind of thing is repurposing the stuff that you have already done and using it to prove, um, to using it to educate people, um, to give them value, I should say, is probably a better way of saying it, but also prove how damn good you are at what you do. Yes. And that could also happen for challenging circumstances too. Mm -hmm. So there is a wedding in the mountains and all of a sudden this huge storm blows in. Well, what the hell are we going to do now uh, that it's raining and crazy? Mm -hmm. Talk about that and talk about 
look, not only did we get these amazing photos still, but I was able to help them in this way, things like Mm -hmm. that. And educational, if rain is forecast for your wedding day, this is what you can look at. And talk about establishing your expertise. Because yeah, nobody knows what's going to happen with the weather. But it shows that you are a pro. No matter what happens, you've got this. You don't have to, one less thing for the bride to have to worry about. You know, oh, what if this happens or my photo's going to turn out okay? Don't worry. You hired me. I can do anything at any time and get you the best photos of your life. Yeah. Yes. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to go back again. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) When we were talking about writing email sequences and this, this applies to your website as well. You said, stop talking to yourself, talk to your audience. And I feel like there's another thing that I want to kind of address there is Mm -hmm. stop talking to your colleagues. Yeah. Stop talking to your industry. Yeah. (laughs) Stop talking to people who do the same work as you and talk to your clients. Yeah. Do you have any um, ideas or takes on that? Yeah. Well, it's, it's really easy. Even if you're a solopreneur, even if you're a newer entrepreneur, you know, you're probably in a whole bunch of Facebook groups and you're learning a whole bunch of stuff and people are throwing around the same wording, but that wording might not necessarily be wording that your target audience is going to understand. Like copywriting, for example, like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, a lot of people don't understand copywriting. And I tend to, my clients tend to be a little bit more established in their businesses um, just because they, they already know that they value copywriting and they, they, and they understand how important it is and they understand how important it is to actually hire someone who knows how to do it at an expert level. Um, but even still, on my own website, um, I use the term messaging a lot as well because people know what messaging means. If they're a little bit, because um, they're, they're, I'm sure there are still some high-level solopreneurs, high-level entrepreneurs who are kind of, iffy on what copywriting means. So yeah, you have to really evaluate your messaging from where your ideal customer is sitting from their shoes. And are you using words that they're going to completely understand? Are you being, and there's also a lot of, there's a lot of vague talk, especially in like the coaching arena, though, though we'll get your, we'll get your mindset, right? We'll get your, what does that mean? Yeah, exactly. Are you going to do to get my mindset right? You know, you don't have to tell them, well, we're going to have this call and we're going to do this. We're going to do this. But, but when you use terms that are thrown around a lot, um, and just because you hear it a lot in Facebook groups, you hear it, you know, maybe your business coach uses it or something like that. That doesn't necessarily know that you doesn't necessarily mean that your target audience is going to understand that. Like, and make sure you understand it too. You know, if you're selling me on a mindset, mindset changing session, what is that? <laughs> you know, what yes. I, instead of telling me it's going to be a mindset changing session, what is my end result? What is my benefit? What's going to happen for me? What do I get out of it? So yeah. what is that transformation? Yes, exactly. Exactly. I, we're getting, we're, we're having a mindset session so that what, so that you won't be afraid to X, Y, Z, or so that you will feel da, 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 da. It's no, you're completely right. It's so easy to, to mimic the stuff that you see out there or to even not necessarily consciously use the words that you hear a lot in these Facebook groups of peers or meetups of peers instead of what your target audience is actually talking about. And the easiest way to find out what words your target audience is using is to ask them, send out an email to your, to your, um, if you have an email list, send out an email to your list and say, you know, what are you finding most frustrating about X, Y, Z? And ask it in a couple of different ways. So you get a couple of different kinds of answers. And same thing if you are in, you know, non-business Facebook groups, if you're in business, if you're in groups that your target audience is in, ask those same questions. And um, if you have your own Facebook group of your target, if you're your core target audience, ask them these questions and really pay attention to the words that they use. You know, you don't need to, if they say, God, I've just felt so, I felt so, um, I felt so bloated this morning. I just felt so blah or something like that. If you're hearing that a lot, use those words because those words that your target audience connects with and it makes them understand that you understand them. 
Yeah. Yeah. And really, if you're going to mimic something that you see, I mean, it's one thing to look at a process, but if you're going to mimic the words, you're losing that authenticity to begin with. And again, it's like the email templates. You're right back in the crowd. Exactly. Well, and you've already got so much competition that looks the same. You know, there's so many people, you know, people use the same photographers or people go, oh my gosh, I like that pose. I want that for my side. Or, oh, I love that template for the website. I want that for mine. So everybody starts to look the same. And if you start to sound the same too, I think people think that, oh, if I sound the same, I I love her and her work or him and his work, whatever. Uh, If I sound just like her, I'll get business just like her. Or if I sound just like her, if people find both of us, they'll pick one of us. And then I have a 50% chance of getting the business. And that's (laughs) not how it works. Um, You and I both get that it's, if they are confused, they see two people who look exactly the same, they're not going to buy from either of you. They'll go find somebody else who they can understand what makes them different and what sets them apart. You're not going to get 50% of the work you're going to get or 50% of the the clientele. You're going to get none of it. Yes, yeah. that is so true. Yeah. I have had my website just copied and pasted. Um, people have just copied and and yes, it's frustrating, but at the same time, I'm like, you can't copy me. Yeah, you can't. The best of I, you. Yeah, yeah. You, you just can't. Yeah. You have your own expertise. You have your own awesome, amazing sauce, mm-hmm. sauce, whatever that is. Yeah. So use it, embrace it, and go for it. Yeah, because yeah, if you, you, you try to copy someone, and I don't mean to be flippant about it, because it is really frustrating when you have your stuff. And I know we both know lots of people that's happened to that they just people come across your website or your wording or whatever, and they like it and they take it. But if it's not connected to their brand, it's not generally something you have to worry about. And if they knock it off, they're not going to knock it off half as well as you did it originally. And if that's all that they're capable of is like knocking stuff off, then they're not going to be successful anyway. If they think that that's how to be successful as a business, good luck to them, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Well, I have, I made a list of fun questions recently that I want to ask that are not really related to what we're talking about, but, um, I love them. So I'm going to ask one and I want to know what is the best decision you've ever made? Best decision I've ever made. Great question. Um, I have to say, I really love my life. And I think that that is based on a lot of decisions and taking a lot of calculated risks. You know, I've been on staff at a lot of different jobs, not a lot, but I've been on staff several times and Mm -hmm. I will hit the place where I go. You know what? It's, it's time to quit. And quitting is very scary. It's very scary to go. Well, I don't really have a ton of freelance clients lined up, but let's give it a shot. And it always opens me up for new things. Or my boyfriend and I have started a couple of years ago, we've started traveling for like six months of the year. And luckily we both have the kinds of kinds of jobs where we can do work and be completely 100% um, available for our clients, but we can be around the world. And the first time we did it, I was like, (laughs) like I've dreamed of doing this, but um, should I do this? And just kind of stepping out of that comfort zone is what makes your life interesting and exciting. Yeah. So those are probably my big ones. That's amazing. I think that the things that stretch us the most and make us the most uncomfortable are the things that not only grow our lives the most, but they're the most fun. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the stuff that you're most going, I don't know if I should, that tends to be a big paraphrasing from Stephen Pressfield's uh, War of Art, but like the stuff where you feel the resistance, where you go, I don't know, let me just put that off. That tends to like point you direct north where you actually really should be going. Yes, but, but it's hard to get past that. It's hard to, um, one of my business coaches years ago used to say, your brain is an asshole (laughs) (laughs) and it tries to talk you out of all the best things. Yeah, exactly. Like, why don't we just stay here in a quiet little room? Yeah. Yes. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. I am I I have several notes um, of all my colored pens. It's, it's just such an important subject that so many people skip over and don't really pay attention to. So tell my listeners and anyone listening where they can find you, where can they get more information? And actually in that same 
kind of question circumstance. I want to know photographers ask me all the time if I know someone that writes blog posts because they want to outsource that. Yeah. Um, so uh, you cut off just a little bit there. So stop me if I'm, um, if I'm going the wrong direction, but yeah, people can find me at, um, www.copyforsolopreneurs.com. Um, and on Facebook as well. And I'm at like Nikki copy and I copy, um, on Instagram and on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. Um, but if they're out on the web, uh, definitely pop by the website copy for solopreneurs. Cause we have, we, I have a couple of, um, freebies that I've put together just to kind of make some of the more tedious copywriting tasks. Uh, mindless for you, <laughs> plug and play stuff. Normally yes. I don't use templates, but when you're responding to an email where someone's like, can I pick your brain? Don't spend two hours thinking about it. Just copy this <laughs> and send it to them. Yeah. to derail your day. Let me just, let me do that part for you. Yes. Um, yes. But uh, so I actually don't write um, blog posts. That's more um, kind of what we're talking at the beginning that that tends to fall more in the content vein. Um, yes. but, um, I tend to focus more on higher level messaging and then, uh, email sequences, those customer lab sequences, and then also webinars and the follow-ups from webinars, follow-up sequences from webinars. So kind of the, the, the sequence, um, all the way along to the full, like selling little ass yes. selling machine. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. I know that there are several people that just don't enjoy writing. And I do know of some ghostwriters that they'll pick up someone's style from a few posts very, very well. Yeah. Um, but it is definitely an art. It is. There is. Be careful where you try to find those people too. It's, I think you don't want to, yes, you, I mean, we all want to get services for as cheap as we can, but you need to make sure that you're getting the quality aspect of it as well. So especially with that messaging, which we've talked about is so important. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Especially with blog posts, there are people who are like, Oh, I'll do it for you for five bucks a blog post. <laughs> if you pay five bucks a blog post, you're going to get exactly what you would expect to get for five bucks a blog post, you know? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here, Nikki. I so appreciate it. And if anyone has any questions for Nikki, we will be posting her website and freebies in the show notes, which can always be found for this episode and past episodes at www.businessstraightup.com slash podcast. And I can't wait to hear more from you. And Nikki and I were talking before we started recording that we're going to a conference in October. Yeah, we're gonna like have some wine and chill. And I don't even know what that means. But I'm sure it will be amazing because those conversations always are completely agreed. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you for being here. And for all of my listeners, you amazing entrepreneurs, if you loved this episode, like I did, I would love it if you would head over to iTunes, leave a review, because we want to know what you think. And we want to know what you need more of what you need help with. And it helps us prepare for future episodes as well. So if you can head over to iTunes, I know it takes a couple minutes. But we so appreciate it. And I can't wait to talk with you again. Thanks so much, Nikki. Thank you, Brooke. Thank you so much for listening to Business Straight Up. I'm so glad that you could join us today. Check out the show notes for this and all of the episodes at businessstraightuppodcast.com. And I can't wait to talk with you again. Have a great day.